Welcome to the Denver Diatribe, a weekly discussion of culture, news, and stuff as it pertains to Denver, Colorado, the most Christmassy metropolitan area between Omaha and Salt Lake. Yep, you got it right. That is the holiday edition this week. And it's also our special first ever music edition. Uh, with me in the studio are Jared DeKang, mayor of spacethestate.com, Joel Warner, staff writer for Westward, and also from Westward is Kiernan Maletsky, a music writer there. And we are going to be listening to some local music. And I am going to turn, I am John Dicker, of course, your host, washed up author and journalist. But let's kick it over to Kiernan. Um, what have you picked out for us to listen to uh, this week? These are all obviously local bands. Why don't you tell us about the first song we're going to hear? Um, yeah, we picked out five local songs. We're going to start with a song called Friends War by a band called Achille Loro. So, yeah, let's just jump right into it. Wait, and, and so this band, are they they're, they're local? How long have they been around? Oh, um, I think they've been around for five years or so. They took a hiatus for like a year and a half before they released this album, which came out in April of this year. So, cool. All right, let's hit it.
us a little bit about why you chose that song, that band. Um, so, yeah, again, that was Friends War by Achille Loro, and they're on a uh, local label called Hot Congress, and there's a lot of great bands on, on that, so check them out, Hot Congress. And um, the reason I picked that song is it's, uh, I think it's one of the, the more, I don't know, I guess professional-sounding bands in Denver right now. Um, that, that album, it's called Indiscretions, it was recorded at one of the, the bigger studios in town called Notably Fine Audio. This band, after this album was released in April, uh, did, did kind of a push to try and try and get this out and, and do a national release here and get some other blogs in other cities interested in this in this music. And one of the problems they ran into is that it's so well produced, it sounds so good that uh, a lot of people didn't want to have anything to do with it because the sound of now is lo-fi garbage that people crapped out in five minutes in their garages. So actually, being such a great tight good sounding band worked uh, worked against them to get this stuff distributed nationally so, so really there is actually like a bias these days against production kind of, value. yeah production value yeah absolutely yes the um, there's lots of people trying really really hard and spending lots and lots of money to sound like they're not trying at all and not spending any money at all so, well as oh. someone who pays four hundred dollars for frayed jeans <laughs> I, I really can relate to that <laughs> absolutely yeah so can, and, uh, I, can I ask a kind of an ignorant question as someone who, who likes music but is pretty much illiterate when it comes to uh, different types of sounds and doesn't really spend the time necessary to know what is going on in a local scene? What what would that band be described as? Like, wh- what are they? That's another great uh, thing about this band is that, like many bands today, they are completely they completely defy genre labels, and I'd be more than happy to invent one for you, but it's just going to sound pretentious and annoying. And See, I want to hear your pretentious and annoying label. I'm not even going to try, honestly. <laughs> oh, man, I really want but, to uh, you know, they, they, I'll tell you where they draw influences, and you can just take all of these genres and hyphenate them together and Beautiful. invent your new genre. Like and uh, They listen to a lot of sort of um, soul and old, kind of oldies stuff, and then there's obviously jazz influences, and then, of course, you can hear you know, more modern indie rock and, and, and even some classic rock in, in some of their tracks, not so much this one. but um, So classic soul jazz indie. Neo, doo-wop, indie, yeah. hipster, yes. juice bag? Yeah, okay. Yeah, Non-freight you're, I mean, you're gonna need a You're going to need a wave and a new and like a, a prog something in there. I, I don't know. I mean, you know okay. how, how we could go with this, but... Uh, all right, should we move on to the next song, or is there anything else you want to add? Uh, no, yeah, I mean, this is a, that's one of my favorite bands in Denver right now, so definitely check them out. And then the next song we'll do is The Rain by Dialect. All right, let's hit it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember that, man? Big song, I couldn't ask a better friend, my dog. 
when I was little and was picked on by the other kids. You stood up for me, man, more than other brothers did. I saw you rapping with your homies, one of us like you. You're so different, so somehow I grew up just like you. Won't forget the times we gone and got into some dumb shit. Both wife the dumb bitch. With us All right, so uh, tell us about that song. Yep, and uh, and that one was The Rain by Dialect off of his very recent mixtape, November Hates Me, and uh, and you can download that one for free. And, and these... This was the guy that you wrote about um, recently yeah. in that feature story in Westward. Yeah, I did a feature on Diamond Boys, which is the sort of, I guess, hip-hop collective is probably the best way to describe them, although it's just three of them. And, um, and, and yeah, that song is about his brother, so Dialect's brother, Zome, who's also in Diamond Boys. And um, you heard the production, the, uh, the, the sort of chipmunk soul sample there and and that was a really big deal in like 2005 with, uh, with Chip, chipmunk soul chipmunk soul is literally what it's called you can you can google that so um and uh so i don't know i haven't actually talked to him about this but my i suspect that the reason he he used a chipmunk soul sample there is because this group was founded around the time when the chipmunk soul thing was getting huge so this is a nostalgic song about his brother and about their childhood and i think that was a reference to uh to to the beginnings of this group and and he how long produced, ago was that I mean is this like is it like ten twenty years or like no, when was Chipmunk Soul? Five, in two thousand five. Two thousand five. Uh, so six years ago, and um and uh, yeah so um <laughs> well they, they, in that article I mean you said that they they're from the Westwood yes. neighborhood over in over yeah. in West Denver which you know I I like that fact because. You know, as a person who's covered crime a lot in Denver as a reporter, you spend a lot of time looking at Westwood and, and you know, digging into that area because it's a, it's probably it is the the roughest neighborhood in in Denver in terms of crime and poverty and gangs. Uh, did he kind of come up in that whole world? And they both know? did, yeah. And and they moved out before high school. They moved uh, into Lakewood, but. They definitely had some experiences in Westwood that informed that informed who they are today. And, and there's a I mentioned in in the story they they were shot at once on their way home from school. I mean they they definitely were exposed to that to that culture when they were growing up. So that definitely informed it. And um and going back to the music for a second, um it's also important to note that Dialect the rapper also produced that track and he produced a lot of that mixtape. He's a very good producer. And, um, and, and yeah, the other thing about that sample is it's, so the soul sample itself is from a, a funk band called 21st Century, and the song is called Remember the Rain, as they're kind of a one-hit wonder. But the other reason I think he picked that sample is because a Wu-Tang affiliate named 62nd Assassin used that sample last year in a song, and Zome really likes the Wu-Tang Clan, too, so I think that was also a is that, is that controversial though? When you're sampling a, a recently used sample, is that bad form? Uh, you know, it's not. Just because samples get recycled over and over and over again in hip hop, you'd be surprised. There are certain samples that have been used thousands of times in hip hop songs. And then, as long as you chipmunkify it, right? It's yes, all good. Exactly. Yeah, you just gotta bend it up a little bit. So. so, where does this guy kind of kind of stand in the local kind of, kind of hip hop scene, and what's going on in the local? Hip hop scene. Um, you know, I'm not as immersed in the local hip hop scene as our one of our other writers, Rue Johnson. You should read her if you want to know what's going on in local hip hop. But um, the Diamond Boys, I would say, are definitely on the rise in the local hip hop scene. All three of them released albums in November uh, or mixtapes, 
and, and that was kind of a kind of a big event. Um, but there's a lot happening in local hip hop right now. It's a really interesting scene. So who 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 is the biggest? I, I'm embarrassed to not know, but who is the biggest like Denver rapper or rap group? Um, it, it kind of depends on whose perspective you've got. Uh, from our perspective, it's probably the Pirate Signal. Um, although they've kind of they've changed their their uh, their image a lot recently. They've switched DJs and kind of he's adding the the MC Jonas is adding a bunch of new people and new stuff to his sound. So uh, we're not really sure what that's going to look like yet. But still, the Pirate Signal I want to say is probably the most prominent local hip hop group. All right. Well, should we move on uh, next song? Sure. Um, the next one is Picture Perfect by Roger Rule. It's starting to become clear that you take all the wrong photographs. There's not a Roger Roll, what do we know about them, Kiernan? Uh, Roger Roll, at this point, is just Eric Peterson, who is a student at DU, and actually, he was in four or five local bands, and he's withdrawing from all of them, including this one. This is this is the end for Roger Roll. And, um, is he going to become like a Buddhist monk or something? No, uh, he just, I think he was getting burned out on playing live music, and, and um, so I was kind of trying to withdraw. He's, he's a young kid, he's 20, and... Um, I bet it's the mob. It's probably the, it's probably the mob, the music mob. Uh, tries to squelch all talent because they don't want Denver getting to I don't know what Bob would do, but um, this is kind of an interesting record. It's it's a two song single and sort of again the last thing he will release as Roger Roll, and the the single is called Polaroid in Reverse, and he was sort of preoccupied a lot with dreams and how they fade uh, when he was making this, and he he released this single on vinyl and rather than pressing vinyl which you would conventionally do he had them lathe cut which 
means they deteriorate more quickly. So as you play the vinyl, it will sound more and more washed out and fade more and more, and eventually it will kind of disappear completely, just as ideologically that's what he's sort of talking about. No, I, I like that song. I could imagine it as uh, being in the soundtrack of some very understated indie movie set in uh, Tulsa or something like that, and I mean that in a good way. You uh, you could absolutely <laughs> do that with that song. Yeah, I probably wouldn't like that movie. Cause it, would, <laughs> it would probably have that chick who was in 500 Days of Summer that yeah. can't stand. And Zach Braff. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, think, I, I don't Joel, like that. I don't Joel. like that movie. Already. I like the song. Julie, you're dating yourself. The indie kids have moved way oh, past Zach Brad. Brad. Sorry. Sorry. God damn. No, it's like Chipmunk Soul. You know, I'm kind of like referencing, you know, previous times. Yeah, next thing he's nostalgic for Zach Brad. <laughs> yeah. Nostalgic for Chloe Savini in our heyday. Mm, Chloe. Um, yeah. All right. Moving on to unless there's anything else you want to say about that no i mean he's a he's a really really great musician and we're going to miss having his input on on the denver music scene but um he's freaking 20 yeah he'll be he's retiring yeah yeah he's just working on other projects maybe he'll be back in music someday well, he's like a boxer he's kind of down he's all done like <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, you'd have to talk to him about what exactly his plans are, but I know he's starting a website design company, so he's really good at that too. So if you want your website designed, you should check out Eric Peterson. So, all right, uh, what else we got? Uh, the next song is called "All Eyes" from a band called Brothers O'Hare. All right, here it is.
which isn't really that fair. Yeah, I mean, you can you can kind of hear that in the vocals, I guess, with the sort of warbly voice or whatever. But um, lots of people sing like that, and, um, you know, it's not necessarily a fair thing to, to compare them to Bright Eyes just based on that one attribute, you know. Um, as, as Jared was saying during the break, um, he'd probably still sound exactly like that if Bright Eyes had never happened. That's just the way he sings. So, yeah, don't compare this band to Bright Eyes. Um... <laughs> That, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Fuck yeah, Joel. Yes. Um, so that song came off their recent uh, self-titled EP, and it's a concept EP about someone who joins the circus, and at the start of the EP, he's the elephant shit scooper, and by that song, which is the last song on the EP, he has uh, achieved his dream of being a high-wire trapeze artist. So that's what the EP is about. Now... Does he make it, or does he like, yeah. Does he fall? Well, you don't... Don't ruin it, Joel. I don't know. I'm curious now. Well, well, uh, so we were just listening to the song, and he's up there on the wire on this song. And um, what turns out to be much more important than whether or not he's a successful trapeze artist is, is the journey he's taken to get there and, and what it looks like from the from the high wire. Now, they this EP is, is self-titled, uh, which is sort of odd for a concept EP about the circus, right? Unless they're trying to say something about being a musician as well. And... Um, that's kind of the read I have on this on this EP, and um, I, I mean, I think a lot of musicians feel this this sort of um, that that song has a very pessimistic view of the top. He's up there, he's on the wire, he's achieved his dreams, but you know, he sacrificed things to get there, and, and once he's there, it maybe doesn't look like he, it looked from the bottom. And um, you know, I think that's that's kind of a lot of artists feel that way. And I don't know if they should or not. I'm not saying that that's a logical outlook or a not logical outlook i've never done it but but that's i think what what they're sort of coming from and i do think that's a sort of universal feeling so well i i can definitely relate to scooping elephant shit there you go (laughs) so these guys are from denver yeah they are um they moved the lead singer brought this band here from austin a little over a year ago but all the other members of the band besides the lead singer are are from denver he picked them up here so uh and this this album was i think written certainly recorded during their time in Denver, so cool. Yeah, that seems pretty, pretty unusual, right? To like move a band from somewhere like Austin, yeah, and it's to Denver. It's um, be the opposite. Y- you know, yeah, you would think that. Except um, he didn't actually come here, you know, to make it huge in Denver. He moved here because his, uh, I think at the time, fiance or girlfriend or something, but now wife was moving to Denver, and and so he sort of followed his love to Denver. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> but, um, oh. Yeah. All right, next song. What do we got? Um, 
That's actually uh, that's that's all four. So then the next one is just we have a a Christmas song from a local band. But I thought we were yeah. Let's let's go out on the Christmas song. Okay, my bad. Um, so we should do love and hate, right? Why not? Okay, Jared, what do you got? Oh, what do what do I have? Uh, oh God, I hadn't even actually considered this. But (laughs) off the top of my head, I I think I'll call it a hate. I hate the fact that uh, filmmaker George Hickenlooper, John Hickenlooper's brother, died uh, tragically uh, a couple months ago while he was here in Denver at the Dem- to, to screen his new movie, Casino Jack, at the Denver International Film Festival. And it, uh, he was staying at a hotel uh, somewhere uh, downtown, and uh, there was a something happened with his medication he was taking or something like that, and they found him the next day, and he was dead, and it was... <clears throat> It's really unfortunate because if you've ever followed some of the things that uh, George Hickenlooper has done, he's made some pretty interesting movies. And, you know, this Casino Jack movie with um, – it's about Jack Abramoff, the, mm-hmm. the lobbyist, and it stars Kevin Spacey. And I haven't seen it yet, but um, I'm definitely going to check that out. His, his documentary Breakfast with Hunter about Hunter S. Thompson is fantastic. I really oh, I rec- that recommend one. that highly. Okay, that was my hate. <laughs> On death. I hate death. Uh, Joel, what do you got? Okay. This week, because it's our special holiday edition, I have some holiday love. Uh, this morning, before I come over, I had to literally kind of drop off 27 packages at the U.S. Post Office that all had to be sent far, far away. And I tried to show up before the post office even opened its doors, like right before 9.30. There were already about 20 people in line. I had two massive towers of packages. Literally, if you tried to do this in any other city, in any other state, and you're standing in line waiting for the post office, you'd probably be shaved. I mean, really, you would. But here at Denver, people were so nice. They were helping me move the packages. One woman said, well, look at, look at, look how you taped that. That, you know, I think that needs some more tape. Pulled out like a roll of tape and started taping my package for me. Like literally. Is it a stranger on the store or someone at the post office? Someone, some, somebody waiting in line with me just wow. came up and offered to retape my package. You know, we should not be taking this for granted. We literally live inside one kind of giant half hour claymation holiday special here in Denver. And we need, we need to appreciate this. Folks. Now, now were they were they being so nice to you because of uh, uh, good tidings for the season, or out of pity? Do you think? Either way, I'm just going to live on it. Okay. Either way. Uh, what? Which post office is it for people who who want some of this? Oh, this was the one up in Sunnyside, which is uh on West 46th Avenue. Yeah, uh, Sunnyside Station. Post All office. All right, no one going postal there. Uh, Kiernan, what do you got? I'm gonna hate this this week on Glee, which I hate on all the time, but um. <laughs> My particular beef with Glee right now is that any day now they're going to surpass Elvis Presley as the artist with the most singles on the Hot 100 in history. Uh, Elvis Presley at 108, and Glee is currently, or was at 103. Are you kidding me? A week and a half ago. Glee has 103? Yeah, that have been on the Hot 100. So, uh, and, and all they are is, is, them, is them singing other people's songs, right? Them right, covering yes. other people's songs. Bad, like a freaky, yeah. like overproduced. Uh, yeah, they have 103. Oh my god! Uh, more, more than that, yeah. Now, but yeah, that by I would say by New Year they'll they'll have be the single artist with the most singles on the Hot 100 in the history of music, and it's been around for a year and a half, and it's an awful TV show. So that just kind of ruined all my holiday cheer. I'm so uh, I John, didn't hopefully hopefully John can help. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do something very unusual for me, which is a love on something, good. and b if you know anything about me, I'm gonna love on a chain restaurant, which really? is just horrible. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. Well, we've talked about uh, the state of, of Denver pizza. Joel, you and I disagree in that. I, I, I don't think there's any good East Coast-style pizza here, but I do think there's many very good, what I call, 
Colorado hippie style pizzas. Uh, you know, the D note in Arvada being one example. They're a client of mine. I should full full fucking boring disclosure, <laughs> but also you know, City O City, not a client of mine. Uh, also quite quite excellent in that genre. But another place that I went to, despite my better judgment, called the Mellow Mushroom. Uh, which is on the 16th Street Mall. They are a chain. They're a national chain. Their name is just about right up there, probably worse than Coca-Cola's failed Fruitopia project. Remember Fruitopia in the early 90s? Um, experience. So they, on the bottle it said, shake before experiencing. It was just horrible. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember Just, that, just yeah. horrible. And Mellow Mushroom is probably a worse name. But their, their pizza is actually really good. I was I was totally surprised. Where is it on the 16th Street Mall? It's 16th and Lawrence, oh, okay. um, it's, and it's a pain in the ass to get to. But if you're there, you see them. It's it's actually a chain that does not suck at all. Like it's it's, it's quality. So anyway, that's that's my love. John Dicker, secret hippie. <laughs> secret hippie. Secret chain restaurant lover. All right. Food wise, I don't know that it's a secret. <laughs> That's all the hippie loving we have time for this week on the Diatribe. Remember to subscribe to us on iTunes. You can see uh, visit our website, DenverDiatribe.com, or on Twitter, at Denver Diatribe. And for Joel, Kieran, Jared, I'm John Dicker, and we are out with Winter in the Pub. By the kissing party.